Hey, my name is PJ Nolan. I'm the lead pastor of Collective Church. We are a community of real people in Saline County, Arkansas, seeking to know God and to make Him known. We hope as you visit our podcast that you will find the messages inspiring, practical, but most importantly, biblical. Let's study the Word together this morning. Go ahead, just one more time. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 23. Uh, we are bringing to a conclusion what has been an eight-week study together uh, in Psalm 23. The title of our, or the theme of our study in Psalm 23 has been, The Lord With Me Forever. Uh, that theme was taken straight from this passage. Uh, David mentions the Lord in verse 1. He mentions the Lord being with him in verse 4. And he talks about being with the Lord forever in verse 6. The Lord with me forever. Ever. The final message uh, in this study today is titled, You Anoint My Head with Oil. You Anoint My Head with Oil. It's taken straight from Psalm 23, verse 5. Let me ask you a couple of questions this morning. If you would tune in to these questions, and you don't have to answer out loud, but answer in your heart and in your mind. But as a Christian, uh, as a disciple of Jesus, do you ever have times in your life where you feel closer to the Lord than others? Uh, do you ever have seasons when your Bible study or devotion time is more steady than other seasons? Moments uh, when your prayer life seems to be more consistent. I think if we're all honest with ourselves, with the Lord, and with one another this morning that that's probably true for each of us. That there are times in our lives when we feel closer to the Lord than others, seasons where our time in the Word and our devotion to Him through His Word is more consistent, when our prayer life seems to be just more in tune with the Lord. You know, for me personally, my role may be pastor in the church, but I'm an ordinary man. I'm an ordinary guy with everyday challenges just like you. And there are times for me when the Lord feels closer than others. If I'm honest with you this morning, I'll tell you this. There are moments where my time in the Word is more consistent than others. There are seasons where I yearn to pray more than others. And other times where it's almost like I just have to force myself to pray. Times when I feel close to the Lord and times when I feel further from Him. We all can relate to that, can't we? I'm thankful, though, today to be able to honestly stand before you and say that over the last few months, as I have sought to draw nearer to the Lord, that God has been faithful to keep a promise to me. And that promise is in James chapter 4, verse 8. It says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. The Lord, over the last few months, has drawn near to me. And I can say to you today as I stand before you this morning that I feel close to the Lord, I feel in tune with the Lord. I think a lot of that has to do with the time that I have spent over the last three months reading Psalm 23. I don't know how many times I've read this passage to you in my alone time with him, but I have meditated on this passage over and over and over again, asking the Lord, Lord, reveal to me more and more about yourself. Show me just one more thing about yourself that I haven't seen yet in Psalm 23. 
And as I have, man, he has drawn near to me. I've tried to look back at my life over the last few months through the lens of Psalm 23 and try to look at the Lord as the shepherd uh, walking with me through the various seasons and circumstances. And as I've done that, he has revealed things to me that I have shared with you and a few of those things being that as we look back at our lives and we look at the seasons that we walk through and the circumstances that we faced, it wasn't those things that shaped us, but it was the shepherd that shaped us. As he walked with us, walked beside us, and walked before us through those seasons and in those circumstances. The shepherd has given me a fresh sense of confidence. I hope he has you as well as we've studied Psalm 23 together. This fresh sense of confidence comes from knowing not who I am, but whose I am. He has revealed to me that we can always walk confidently, even in the shadowiest of valleys, again, not because of who we are, but because of whose we are and who we belong to. The Lord has given me just a few more things from Psalm 23 that I want to share with you today. Can we do that? In doing so, let's read Psalm 23, 1 through 6 once again. Follow along with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. It's all for his glory. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's go back to Psalm 23, verse 5. We want to pull a phrase out of this verse that we want to spend the rest of our time studying together today. David says, you anoint my head with oil. You anoint my head with oil. I feel like this portion of Psalm 23, uh, verse 5, is underappreciated and often overlooked. And to an extent, uh, I can understand why. We don't exactly uh, anoint with oil as often as the people of the Old and New Testament times did. But it shouldn't be any less significant for us today. Um, I've always loved and appreciated uh, what our friend, brother in Christ, and member here at Collective, uh, Tommy Thomason, has said about the significance of anointing with oil in Scripture. Tommy says, he says, anointing with oil is shown all throughout Scripture. He says, anointing is a sanctifying action where you are setting one apart for a specific thing or calling. He says, there's nothing magical about it. You're just declaring the person or the thing for the Lord and his kingdom. Uh, we see Tommy's observation to be very accurate uh, when we look at the significance of anointing oil throughout Scripture. Uh, let's look at a few examples throughout Scripture of what makes the significance of anointing with oil so significant. 
Um, I don't have time to read all of the scripture references attached to each of these observations. So if you want to get a picture of those or write those down and go back in your time later in the Word and look at those, uh, I encourage you to do that just to check me, all right? Um, First of all, anointing with oil is significant because we see all throughout scripture that anointing was for healing. As Tommy mentioned, it was to set something apart or to declare it to the Lord. And so at times, people that needed healing would be set apart and declared to the Lord. And anointing oil was applied to ask the Lord to provide supernatural healing. We also see that uh, it's significant because it was used to call an individual, a man or a woman, to a specific work like a priest or a king. We also see that it was symbolic of being under the Lord's protection. It's significant because it was a way in which one was honored or shown gratitude. Uh, God's anointing involved teaching and guiding his people. We see this on display in Psalm 23. Uh, God also anoints his people to say, you are mine. Uh, We will read that passage here in just a moment that's attached to that observation there. But God anoints his people to say that you are mine. I love this one too. We see in scripture that God's anointing, it is an oil of gladness. An oil of gladness. With those observations in mind now about the significance of anointing oil throughout scripture, I want to make an observation about Psalm 23 that we haven't drawn out yet. And this is the perfect message to draw this observation out for. So far in Psalm 23, we have strictly looked at the Lord as the Lord, the shepherd. But it isn't the only metaphor for God in Psalm 23. There are actually two metaphors for the Lord in Psalm 23. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to write these down. Two metaphors for God in Psalm 23. Number one, obviously, is God the shepherd. First metaphor, most obvious metaphor in Psalm 23 is God the shepherd. We see him referred to as the shepherd in verses 1 through 4. But there's a second metaphor here that we've not mentioned yet, and we're going to see it today, and that is God the host. We have God the shepherd in verses 1 through 4, and we have God the host in verses 5 through 6. That being said, let me go ahead and give you the key thought for today's message. If you're taking notes, I invite you to write it down. The Lord calls you, the Lord covers you, and the Lord celebrates you. The Lord as the shepherd calls you. The Lord as the shepherd covers you. But the Lord as the host celebrates you. He's God the shepherd all throughout Psalm 23, but he's also God the host. And the shepherd calls you his lamb. He knows you. The shepherd also covers you. And there's a lot of significance to that. But the shepherd also, as host, celebrates you. These truths reveal three things about God's love for you. So let's spend the rest of our time talking about how God's anointing reveals three truths about his love for you. Number one is this, obviously, you are called. God's anointing reveals this truth about his love for you, and that is that you are called. Man, you are called. Woman, you are 
called. If you have been born again by the grace and by the blood of Jesus Christ, he calls you. There is oftentimes a misunderstanding in the church that just the man that stands behind the pulpit is the only one that's called. That the man or woman that leads the worship, he or she, they are called. Or the one that leads the kids ministry or the student ministry, they are the ones that are called. We are called to a specific assignment. Just like you are called to a specific assignment in your life. But every single believer in Jesus Christ shares general callings. Each and every one of us are called by God. And when David says, you anoint my head with oil, one of the things that David is saying here is that you have called me. And so when we declare that truth as we read Psalm 23, we are also saying to the Lord, Lord, as your sheep, as your lamb, as your man, as your woman, as your son, as your daughter, you have called me. Let me give you a few examples of general callings that we see throughout Scripture. One of those is this. He called you to save you. He called you to save you. Listen, you can't even experience the salvation of the Lord without Him first calling you. We see it on display in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. The Scriptures tell us here, we love because He first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. Listen, we are lambs and sheep that were wandering far away from him. But the shepherd left the 99 to find the one. And at one point or another, each and every single one of us were the one. We aren't saved by any of our own doing. It's all by the grace of God Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 9 says that it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. He called you to save you. You know what else is beautiful about this is that not only does he call you to save you, but he calls you by name. The Lord, the shepherd, calls you by name. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 3, that the good shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. The scriptures tell us too that he, as he leads us out, he calls you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. He calls you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 tells us this, that the Lord calls us a chosen race. He calls us a royal priesthood. He calls us a holy nation. We are a people for his own possession, that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who what called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light, and then calls you to live a holy life. The scriptures tell us in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And there's a progression here. He calls us then to love him. 
We are all called to love him. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart. You must love the Lord your God with all your soul. You must love the Lord your God with all your mind. And you must love the Lord your God with all your strength. Do you catch the word must? We are all called to love the Lord in this way. And as we love him, he calls you to grow. Far too many believers today are stunted in their spiritual walk with the shepherd Lord because they have shifted into neutral. And God never calls us to sit in neutral. Even in the moments of rest in the green meadows and sitting beside the peaceful streams in those seasons and it's in those times, the Lord is still growing us and moving us forward as we rest in him. God has called each of us to grow. Look at what Paul said to the, to the believers at Ephesus about this in Ephesians 4, uh, verses 1 through 3. Paul says, Therefore, I of prisoners for, for serving the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of your what? Calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. We are all called. We all share general callings. And I've only scratched the surface this morning on what it means to be called by God. I love what Jeff Org says about the calling. He says, when God calls, he gives new information about how to live. When he calls, he assigns new responsibility in his kingdom. Leave that up there for just a moment. When God called you to be saved, and when then when you responded and you confessed his name as Lord and asked him to forgive you of your sins and to give you new life and you surrendered to him as Savior and as Lord, in that moment he began to download new information onto your soul and on your mind and on your heart on how to live as his child as you walk through this place called earth on your way to your heavenly homeland. He gave you new information on how to live. And when he did, he called you into an assignment with new kingdom responsibilities. Listen, if you're a teacher here today, you're no longer just a teacher. You're a teacher with kingdom responsibilities. If you're a coach here today, you're not just a coach. You're a coach with kingdom responsibilities. If you work at a bank, you just don't work at a bank. You work at a bank with kingdom responsibilities. I don't know what it is that you do on the day-to-day, -day, but I know it's more than what it appears to be on the surface. You exist for the glory of God. You are called for his namesake, and he has given you new information on how to live, and he calls you into a very specific assignment for your life with responsibilities in his kingdom. And the shepherd leads you all along the way. Number two, this is significant this morning because not only does it show us that we are called, but the anointing tells us that we are also covered. God loves you enough to call you, but he also loves you so much that he covers you. I've mentioned several times throughout this study that sheep are not smart. They're not. They're ignorant animals. And all throughout the scriptures, 
God refers to us as sheep. We are his lambs. And thankfully, he loves us so much that by his grace, he's willing to cover us as his lambs with his anointing oil. This is very significant because here's the deal. When you study sheep, uh, sheep often get tangled up in things. Sheep get tangled up in briars, and they can die trying to get untangled. Sheep are tormented. Uh, They are tormented by flies and other insects that will lay eggs in their nostrils, which then turn into worms and can drive sheep crazy to the point that a sheep will actually beat their head against a rock, sometimes even to death. But here's the thing about a good shepherd. A good shepherd doesn't watch their sheep passively go through this. A good shepherd anoints his sheep with oil. A good shepherd will take a lamb and he will cover their entire head, ears and all, with oil. And what the oil does is the oil will form a barrier of protection against the things trying to destroy the sheep. Reminds me a whole lot of us. How easy it is for us to find ourselves tangled up in things we shouldn't be tangled up in. And our spiritual enemy, the devil, he is unrelenting to us like the flies and the worms are to a sheep. But we belong to the good shepherd. And the good shepherd anoints our heads with oil for protection. He covers us, folks. Let me ask you this this morning. Do you ever find yourself, do you ever find yourself uh, tormented with worrisome thoughts? Do you ever find yourself stressed, anxious, brokenhearted? Well, let me ask you this. When was the last time you just asked the good shepherd to anoint your head with oil? You're going through the day-to-day stressed about how you're going to buy groceries, how you're going to pay the bills, how you're going to raise your kids. All the day-to-day stuff. And a lot of times we're each guilty of trying to handle it on our own. When what we need to be doing is simply going before the good shepherd and saying, God, anoint my head with oil. And when he does, he gives peace to the mind and the soul, making it possible for you to fix your mind and your heart on him. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Paul said here, Do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Instead, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. When God covers your head with his oil, when he anoints you with his oil, it changes the way that you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The third point I want you to see this morning, we're moving now from God the shepherd to God the host in Psalm 23. God the host celebrates you. You are celebrated today. That's how much God loves you. When the shepherd anoints the sheep with oil, he celebrates them. When God the host anoints the guest with oil, he is celebrating them. Look at this. Psalm 23 verse 5 now in the full context tells us this. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil, and my cup overflows with blessings. 
Remember a few moments ago, I mentioned that God's anointing oil is an oil of gladness. An oil of gladness. He is glad to host you at his table. Just think about that. He is glad to host you at his table. No matter what all the baggage may be in your past, no matter all the junk you may be dealing with today, no matter the poor decisions that you might make in the future, and you're going to make your share of them, and I'm going to make my share of them. Despite all of that, the Lord is still glad to host you at his table. He is thrilled to prepare a feast for you in the presence of your enemies. And he celebrates you by honoring you, by anointing your head with oil. And he keeps on and keeps on filling your cup with so many blessings that it overflows. God the host celebrates you. Not because of anything that you have done, and not because of anything I have done, but simply because it's who he is. He simply loves you. And like a proud father, he says, you are mine. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. I love this. This is the Lord saying, you are mine. It says here that he has identified us as his own. As his own. How does he do this? By placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts. I love this part. As the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. That's a pretty good first installment, I would say. Because Jesus said to his disciples, his disciples were sad they were depressed. They were discouraged that Jesus was about to go away from them. And Jesus said, it's actually better for you that I go away. And he said, because when I go away, I'm about to send a helper to you. I'm about to send a counselor to you. I'm about to send a guide to you. And his name is the Holy Spirit. And guess who that is for us too? The Holy Spirit. He is our first installment that guarantees everything else that God has promised us. What does that mean? Very simply, it means the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. We can celebrate what the Lord has done yesterday. We should celebrate what he's doing today. We should look forward to what he's going to do tomorrow. But the best is yet to come. Meanwhile, as his sheep as his lambs, as the guest at his table, one step at a time, one hour at a time, one day at a time, one month, one year, one decade at a time, we must cling to the words written by a seasoned King David in Psalm 23, 1 through 6. Let's read it one more time. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You, the host God, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, celebrating me, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And as his guest and as his child, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord 
forever. Mary Ann's going to make her way to the stage. And we're going to get ready to take a few moments to pray. And man, as God's lambs, as his sheep, as his guest of honor this morning, I think we ought to respond appropriately. I think we should go before the Lord and cry out to him, thanking him, making requests to him, worshiping him. We have a lot to be thrilled about today. So stand with me. Mary Ann's going to lead us in song. And let's respond with prayer and worship this morning. Thanks again for visiting the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you found the message to be practical, inspiring, and biblical. And by the way, if you're interested in learning more about Collective Church, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you enjoyed the message, hit the subscribe button. And if you'd be willing to, hit share and help us spread the word about Collective Church.